0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Our reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, o Lord. Jesus said, Amen, amen, I say to you. Whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the gate, but climbs over elsewhere is a thief and a robber. But whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice, as the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has driven out all his own, he walks ahead of them, and the sheep follow him, because they recognize his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. They will run away from him because they do not recognize the voice of strangers. Although Jesus used this figure of speech, the Pharisees did not realize what he was trying to tell them. So Jesus again said, Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came so that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. After seven years in the desert of pop culture that is formation for the priesthood and religious community, they sent me here to work with college students and tossed me into the depths of the Pacific Ocean with regards to pop culture. And now that most of the students have gone, I feel like I can make some observations about what I see in pop culture without offending most of the congregation. And I have two observations today. The first has to do with music. Pop music, pop, popular music. Um, Because we live in the middle of basically fraternity row, every, well, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every night of the week, we hear the music that is blaring from one of the surrounding fraternities. And it's often the same pretty much five, six, seven songs um, that I just find silly and, but they're fun. Right? They, they get your toe and I'm sure they're, they're, the, the students enjoy them, otherwise they wouldn't listen to them. But at the same time, we have here on campus one of the finest schools of music in the world. <laughs> and yet how many students are going to see the beautiful music and listen to the beautiful operas and symphonies and pieces that are being played by their very own fellow students? Very few. Why is that? Well, because a pop song, especially the pop music we have today, requires nothing of me or very little of me. It just gives me instant pleasure and gratification. It's fun. It's easy. Going and sitting through something by Bach or Mozart or Haydn, that requires perhaps all of my emotions. And it can be boring and frivolous and challenging to stay awake and pay attention. But the result is that in an hour, maybe two hours, or if it's a Mozart opera, four or five hours, The result is that I can experience, even if I don't understand the language, the full range of human emotion and feeling and experience. So music is one thing. The second thing is how we speak to one another. You know, one thing I've just been amazed at is that when students speak to one another now, they try as little as possible to truly challenge each other. And when I speak to them, I have to be careful, because if I lay down a challenge, they may never come back. Why is that? When we talk to each other, you might hear things, and this is a phrase that I tell the students all the time, I can't stand it, you've probably heard it before, but you do you. This notion that, you know, each one of us, no matter what the situation, has within us the capacity to make the best decision, based purely on our emotions. That if you feel a certain way, just do it and don't worry about it. And what do both of these things point to? They point toward what I think is something really insidious and invasive in our culture. It's the notion that my pleasure principle, perhaps if we go all the way back to ancient uh, Greece when uh, Plato was writing about this, you know, hedonism, the notion that my pleasure, the, my emotional pleasure is the most important thing and the thing that should be sought first, that becomes more and more. And not only that, but there's less and less a striving for objective truth. We hear a lot about fake news or, you know, whatever, wrong news, whatever they talk about. I don't really follow all that kind of stuff. But we hear a lot about that. And what is that? It's that at the end of the day, most people want their news in 140 characters or less on Twitter instead of reading a book or actually doing the work themselves. And for those of you who are professors, and I've said this before, the number of people who are actually reading books, and especially students reading their assignments, is going less and less and less. And so, the challenge for us as Christians, the rub here for us as Christians, it's not that independence, and it's not that having fun are anti-Christian things. In fact, we need more self-righteous people. We need more independent people. We need people who are going to stand up for something in this world, right? The problem and the rub for us as Christians is what St. Peter tells us in the second reading. We need to suffer for the good. That Jesus, who is our example, who is our shepherd, suffered and died. And he's the one we're supposed to follow. He gave us an example, St. Peter tells us, to be followed. And when we seek only what is good for ourselves, when we put my needs, my wants, my desires ahead of anything else, we fail to follow after Christ. In the Acts of the Apostles, we hear that this man you crucified is Lord and Christ. And what did the Jews do? What what does the Saint Luke tell us? How the Jews responded? It cut them to the heart. The fact that Jesus Christ is both our Lord and our Savior should cut us to the heart, because it requires something of us. It requires a great deal of us. And what is that? What does it mean for Jesus to be Lord and Savior? Well, as Savior, Jesus Christ, as we celebrate in this Easter season conquers sin and death. He frees us from sin and death. He gives us his love, his mercy, his salvation, his redemption, and we do nothing. We don't earn that. He offers it to us. He saves us. Each and every one of us, I hope, is here because at some point in our life, we have been in some way touched by the saving love of Jesus Christ. In a particular crisis or a particular moment of suffering, we have been in a way saved by Jesus Christ, that his message of hope and love and goodness has perhaps dragged us out of a darkness we thought we would never get out of. And so it's easy for us to see Jesus and to accept Jesus as Savior, but he doesn't just want to save us, he wants to be our Lord. He wants us to walk with him, he wants to be our Shepherd. And what does this mean for us? He wants to guide us and protect us. He wants us to follow after Him. He wants His voice. He says in the Gospel today that they know my voice and they follow after it. He wants His voice to be our voice. He wants our inner voice to be His voice, not just what our emotions or what culture or what anything else tells us. That our voice should become His voice. We should listen to Him. But not only that, as Lord, it also means that at times He's going to knock us about a little bit. He's going to hit us back into line. You know, the good shepherd, a shepherd would often, if a sheep strayed away, if you've ever seen where Jesus is carrying the sheep on His shoulders, why is that? Well, oftentimes if a sheep kept straying away, a shepherd would break one of its legs and carry it with him and carry it along the way so that the sheep would get it through its head, I need to follow this guy and not keep wandering off. And so it is with us. Sometimes when Jesus is Lord, it hurts a little bit because we have to give something. But in giving, we receive everything and we turn because he is the gate. And he's not some distant pie in the sky, God. He's a God who is one of the lambs. Think about that for a minute. He is the only shepherd who is both shepherd and lamb. We recognize it every time at Mass. Lamb of God, you take away the sin, who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus is not distant from us. He's one of us. He comes down and humbles himself and leads us because he shows us what it means to have this life. And when we have this saving God and when we follow Jesus as Lord, we have what he says at the very end here of John 10.10, I came so that they might have life and have it more abundantly. How great and how abundant would our life and our world be if each of us strove to have Jesus as Lord and Savior of our whole life. How much better would our politics be if each and every one of us strove to not only love our neighbor, but to serve our neighbor and to be a shepherd like Jesus for our neighbor, to see our needs of our neighbors and our brothers and sisters as my needs, that it's we before me. And in doing that, we would have life and have it more abundantly, not only for myself, but for each and every one of us. And that extends far beyond politics. That extends into our family. It extends into our friendship. Imagine if at work, everyone was striving to live according to this principle of service and guidance under this beautiful and wonderful God who loves us so much that he died for us and loves us so much that he wants us to walk with him forever. Here in union with him and then forever in heaven with him until, well, forever. There's no end to it. And so the challenge is laid before us today. Where is Jesus not Lord and Savior of my life? Where is Jesus' saving, mercy, and love needed in my life? And where do I need to follow after him a little better? And that's not an easy question to ask because it's not comfortable. But Jesus offers us life in abundance through him, with him, and in him. And so it is my prayer for each of us, That Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, Jesus, the gate through whom which we all enter into heaven, into a life of beauty, wonder, peace, goodness, truth here on earth, and live forever with him in heaven, Jesus offers each of us life in abundance through his salvation and through his lordship.